Welcome to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. This is the place for Christian fathers, husbands, and those who love them to find the inspiration, grace, and guidance to help you live God's will for your life and finish your race strong. We share scripture readings, prayers, and advice to help you in your personal and professional life. Now pop in the earbuds or turn up the volume and let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, before we begin here, I want to tell you about a few things. First, Orthodox at Work. It's a new monthly podcast series that I'll be doing with Sean Reed, an Orthodox deacon and business coach. It will be featured on the Dad Devotionals podcast at the end of each month, starting in June. We will discuss how to live out orthodoxy in the workplace and your business. Secondly, please show your support for the IOCC, or International Orthodox Christian Charities. I'm spreading the word about their DIY fundraising initiative. Do it yourself for IOCC is a chance to raise awareness and funds in creative ways. You're inspired. Now do something about it. Decide how you will make an impact for this cause you care about so much. Show the world your passion as you bring your vision to life. Get involved at IOCC.org slash DIY. Now let's get to today's interview. Hey guys, welcome to Dad Devotionals. This is interview number one in our Dads of Orthodoxy series that highlights Orthodox Christian fathers from the Dads of Orthodoxy Facebook group. You can check them out at facebook.com slash groups slash Dads of Orthodoxy. Joining me today is an Orthodox Christian and friend of the show, Nathaniel Jin. Nate is a 26-year-old convert to Orthodoxy from the evangelical faith. He is a father of two and a loving husband to his wife, and he works in IT support, which right now is extremely important. Nate, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It is great to have you, my friend. Thank you. Great to be on the show. Let's just uh, get right to it. So can you tell us about your Orthodox journey, Nate, and what drew you to the faith? Yeah, so it's, uh, that's actually kind of an interesting starting point since I had no idea Orthodoxy even existed when I started my journey. <laughs> um, after high school, I kind of fell away from the Christian faith altogether, kind of went through a period of agnosticism and uh, a little dabbling in Eastern religions. And um, just there's one night I was just laying in bed and I just cast myself, I'm like, what's going to happen when I die, like what, what's really going to happen? Like, is this all there is just this physical world? And so I started, you know, instead of going back to the evangelical church, I went back and said, okay, what, what did the church always believe? If I say I believe in God, what did the people closest to Christ actually do and follow and say? Um, so I went to a used bookstore and I started buying books on, that included the Apocrypha in it. Mm. Um, and I found the book Becoming Orthodox by Father Peter Gilquist. And I read the majority of the book in a single night. And I told my ex-wife, I, I need to become Orthodox. And I found the closest Orthodox church. We began attending Divine Liturgy. Um, I met the priest several times. Had some hiccups with the divorce. Obviously kind of in the middle of that uh, inquiry process. And then um, I switched to St. John the Forerunner Orthodox Church of America in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I fell away, sadly, through the catechumenate. There was just ran into some kind of personal issues. And uh, then my wife and I, we, you know, kind of were not happy in the Latin Catholic Church. And we found our way back to St. John the Forerunner. And we're happy parishioners there. It's been a very grace-filled journey, lots of blessings along the way. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I mean, I, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your, 
your approach to it. Uh, it was very, it was very logical in the beginning there. I, I like that you, you kind of just went with how the spirit led you and, you know, where you saw God just leading you along the way. And you didn't necessarily question it. You just learned more about it. So I, I think, uh, yeah. you know, and some of the people that I, that I bring on who, who kind of take me through their journey, um, you know, you don't always have that kind of logical uh, approach. So I, I appreciate that. Some of it's kind of just, you know, all yeah. over the place, but you kind of just went to, went down the garden path there and just was, ba you were basically open to what, where God was leading you. And I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I've told the story a few times. I've refined it just a little bit. My, maybe a little bit of the IT logic there's kicking in, um, but it, it is kind of a crazy journey considering I came from a non-traditional background. I mean, I went to church wearing skinny jeans and, you know, rock bands and all that. And now here I am, like, I love Byzantine chants. And I'm like, no, the older and more traditional we can get, the closer to the original source, the better. Well, you know, it just prompted the question for me. What, you know, you go to the evangelical services, you go to an Orthodox service. What was it? What was your first service? How did you feel being there? Um, completely out of place, but it, I, I would describe it and I hope this isn't a, a bad term, but transcendental. I mean, it was, it was otherworldly. Um, I think when the Rus who visited Constantinople for the divine liturgy at, uh, the Hagia Sophia described it as that they were worshiping with the angels and, you know, in the presence of God, exactly how I felt. Well, I mean, uh, there's, I, I don't, I don't think there's uh you're not, you're not being sacrilegious or disrespectful in any way there. I think that's the idea during the divine yeah. liturgy that we're supposed to ascend to heaven and we're, you know, we join with the, with the saints in communion to our Lord. So I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, awesome. tell, <laughs> I'm not a priest though. So, you know, don't, don't quote me. <laughs> tell us about your, your family, Nate. What are some things that you guys do at home to live out the faith? So that's something we're still kind of like trying to work through. So, uh, my wife kind of came from a, a lukewarm cradle Catholic background. So she's a little bit more f familiar with some of the um, like written prayer and prayer rules and all that. Sure. Um, I, myself, that's the thing that I try to, I'm trying to find the balance between, um, you know, convertitis and what's a real pragmatic way of approaching it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we pray over every meal. I, we each try to do our, our morning prayers, um, and then primarily it's just, it's been trying to live in the church. Um, we're both now just over a year being chrismated and, um, a lot's happened last year. We got married. Um, we've had a daughter. So it's been a, a lot of trying to, okay, wait, what can we realistically do versus what, you know, what's the ideal? Right. Um, and that's the thing I love about orthodoxy is it's very, you know, aim for the ideal, but there's a lot of grace for when you can't, you can't hit that. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think you're doing it the right way. I mean, you know, you, you can't go, I mean, you, you can't go from nothing to becoming a monk. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's a process, like, like anything in life, it's a process. And you're right, there is that grace to, uh, you know, you know, just, you're never gonna, you're never really going to attain the ideal few, few, yeah. few do, if you do, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll be, you know, <laughs> revering you on, on, on the wall one day and, and kissing your icon. But, you know, and seriously, I mean, you have a young family, you're, you're just married, you're, you're just getting into it. I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging and, and giving yourself yeah. uh, the grace to just build on it, you know, you know, do a little bit, do a little bit better with the fasting next, next Pascha, you know, yeah. implement, implement more prayers, other than the prayers at the meals uh, down the road, because you know, you, you take from what you had as an evangelical, and then you build on that and you, know, right. you grow in the faith. So I think you're doing it the right way. Um, Tell us about 
you as a father, what are some struggles that you face as a dad and how do you use the faith to help you with that? Man, that is, that is a kind of a tough and deep question there. Um, Take your time. There was a podcast I listened to on the art of manliness and they, mm-hmm. they had a guy who came on, um, I think his name was David Attenberry, something like that. Um, and he was talking about, I think it was him. Maybe it was one of the other guys on there. Um, but the father wounds and how, you know, sometimes sons will relate more to their grandfathers than their fathers because mm-hmm. their fathers haven't fully worked through their struggles that their fathers gave, gave to them. Um, and that's something I kind of really related to because my dad, you know, my grandfather, uh, his dad died when he was 11. So I don't know if he always knew how to kind of um, help my dad through some of those growing processes. Uh, but he's been a role model for me as an adult. Um, so for me, my father is very work centered, very, uh, you know, revolved around that. So for mm-hmm. me, I learned a lot of about, okay, I need to prioritize work, but not, okay, how do I help develop my son into a healthy adult with hobbies and a well-rounded work, you know, work balance life there. Um, the faith has really helped because it does kind of take you out of, okay, I don't need to prioritize the things of this world. I need to prioritize what's eternal, which is my family, which is our souls. And, you know, uh, I try to pray with my son. We, we try to read Bible stories together, even when we're not at church. Um, the big thing I've been doing with him at church is trying to get him to latch on to certain parts of the liturgy. Mm. Um, we've been giving small, very small positive rewards whenever he can point out a specific thing from every liturgy. Um, which, which has really actually yielded a lot. He'll even mention stuff then when we're at home about it and like, man, that is just amazing. Um, so, you know, I, I think just sometimes that grace from the faith and just remembering what the saints have said about, you know, not judging others, um, without first judging yourself and trying to view them from compassion. That's really something us as fathers need to always strive to do with our kids because they don't always know what's right from wrong from the get go. And they learn from us. Right. Yeah. And, and modeling that behavior and, you know, praying at meals, like you said, and then, uh, you know, they, they watch how you react at the service. And if, you know, dad is the guy that he's sometimes portrayed as in sitcoms and stuff is like, Oh, I gotta go to church now. Fine. And it's the wife dragging him along. No, no, we're as dads, you know, as men, we're called to be leaders. We're called to be, you know, priests of our, our, our own, uh, home yeah. church. and, you know, I mean, and right now, I mean, as I'm sure you've seen it, this, it's been that much more important. Um, oh yeah, being stuck at home. So my next question for you is, how has the Gin family, or I'm sorry, the Gin? No, the Gin. I had it right. Yep. Yeah, yes. Gin. There, there, there <laughs> I go. Going. To, you know, it must be my dad mind going to. It's how it's spelled. Uh, my cocktail. You know. <laughs> exactly. How is your family adjusting to the online services, or is your church now offering, you know, a a, a limited um, population service? You know, like, yeah. congregants. Um, so our church has just started a very limited service. We live on the opposite end of town from our church. So we've been more allowing for other people from our church to go. Um, since we live in Indianapolis, we just started getting to where the infection rates have kind of stagnated. Um, so they're trying to get now to 20 people in there. Um, we've been attending the services. It, it just doesn't have the same feeling as when you're actually there. Um, so we, we've been really trying to focus on some extra prayers on Sunday morning and um, keeping more of that communal aspect going while, yeah, after watching the liturgy. How, how, how old are your kids, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? So my son is uh, seven years old and my daughter is six months now. Oh, six okay. Seven months. Yeah. Okay. So 
how is it going with the, with the seven-year-old with the online services? I mean, it, <laughs> I know I, I have a four and a two-year-old, so I, I yeah. mean, I can, it's, it's not easy. Struggles it's it's a lot rougher with that because there's, there's less of the sensory things that, you know, draw him into the liturgy when it's on a, a screen and um, there's not all the other people there and um, you, you just can't see it as well. Unfortunately, our church doesn't have the best AV equipment, but you know, they, I hopefully hope they uh, prioritize the funds and more important outreach programs. Sure. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the sensory element of it because I think for, especially for kids, you know, I mean, I, I know, I know from when I think of my childhood, a lot of times it, it's associated with a smell, like that's the way our brains are, are made up. So I would, I imagine that maybe for, you know, for your son being seven, some of the things he's picking up maybe at times when, you know, maybe when the altar is yeah. being censored and when, and when the priest is walking around with the censor, I mean, just, just the thought. So, you know, maybe, maybe those are some of the things that you want to point out to them. Yeah. That's actually, um, you brought up a great point there where some of your earlier memories being more associated with sounds or taste or feelings. Um, and, and there was a, something I've been reading. It was, a, I believe it was a psych, psychology book mm-hmm. um, where a lot of your first memories, since you don't have vocabulary to associate it, is with an extreme sense of some sort. Um, and as you develop that you know, vocabulary, you can develop more complex memories. But yeah, some of those early you know, memories are going to be, oh, I burned my hand on the stove or right. something. And that's what's amazing about the Orthodox Church is with all the icons and the kissing of the icons and, and the incense, as you said, it can immediately build from an early age those, um, those memories that they can latch on to and can become a core part of who they are. I relate to kids because i pretty ADD at times. So for me, having all those icons and the sensory aspect of it keeps me focused on the altar and the liturgy as a whole. Absolutely. Uh, I can. I mean, I've been. I haven't been diagnosed, but my wife tells me I'm ADD, so I must be. <laughs> I think all guys a little bit are. Just a little bit, yeah. Uh, maybe it's the whole hunter gatherer thing that from back in the day. I I don't know. Uh, Nate, what is something that you're praying for right now? I with all the craziness going on, it's just for peace and stability. Mm-hmm. Um, just right now with all the uncertainty around George Floyd's uh, death and the riots and protests that have broken out, I'm just really horrified by the violence on all sides. Um, just watching the videos of it. I mean, it just, it strikes the, the core of you. And if you, if you don't jade yourself to it, it is just so immensely sad that, you know, people who should be brothers are killing each other. Um, so right now that's, that's my biggest prayer. And just for, you know, of course, all the fallout from COVID-19 being as minimized as possible and that, um, you know, just, we can all do what we can to, to make things a better world. No, I, I appreciate you saying that it, it is tough and, it, and it's something, you know, you say, you know, being jaded to it, it, it's a shame that we have to get there because, yeah. you know, you know, 2000 years ago or even a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago, you didn't have this bombardment with media where it was always just put in your face. Right. Um, you know, whether wherever, whatever side of the aisle you fall, I mean, heck just that, that, that fact alone that, you know, we have to be separated by what side of the aisle or skin exactly. or whatever. No, I mean, we're united in the fact that, you know, especially if you're in the Orthodox faith, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Exactly. That's what matters. At the end of the day, none of this worldly stuff matters. We need to come together under our one God, our one and in the one true faith. That, that's that's the way I see it. And that's the way I try to frame it. You know, you can argue one side or the other, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's, it's all of the world. 
You Amen, know? brother. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to focus on. I've been really trying to, because my son's been asking questions about it since sure. you know, he's seeing it on the news. Age of reason, seven at seven. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, he's just now to the point where he goes, well, why are these people hurting each other? And I mean, mm-hmm. trying to explain that to him. And, you know, I personally don't fall in usually the two side spectrum that most people do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, trying to explain it to him without your heart just breaking over it is such a challenge um and, and that's the real importance of the church is if someone's been truly transformed by the church their heart will just break over it and this world will be a better place if we can all just show a little bit more love and kindness to each person around us and uh kind of what you're saying with what well, we were talking about prayer earlier i think it's really important that our actions follow that prayer because mm-hmm. if our if we're praying without actions then you know we're not showing our faith um it kind of goes back to james chapter two where faith without works is dead um if we have you know faith in our prayers then we're going to do works in accordance with those prayers to try to bring about that reality that god intends man that's that is eloquent that is that is beautiful thank you for sharing that, that that's, oh, that's my pleasure things i highlight now thank you <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Feel free to put it on something. Yeah, definitely. It'll it'll be on one of the Instagram cards. Don't worry. Um, Last question I have for you, Nate. Can you give us a piece of scripture, a quote from the fathers, or any parting advice that helps you live out orthodoxy on a daily basis? Oh, man, there's a lot of them. Um, I don't really have a particular quote ready for it, but St. Isaac the Syrian, I, I just, I love quotes from him. Just his eloquence and his complexity in capturing God's love for all of us and that he doesn't want to turn us away. It's us who separates ourselves from him. That's what I try to focus on. I try to keep myself focused on God in that regards that even when I fail as a father or as an Orthodox Christian, that God's not separating me from him. It's my self that's keeping myself from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's to pick up that cross and strive again and to do better the next day. Uh, St. John Chrysostom, I actually believe, had something, don't feel, um, what was it? Don't feel shame, or feel the shame when you sin, but don't feel the shame when you repent. Mm. Um, I know that is a very condensed uh, yeah. version of that. Um, but th- those are the things I try to latch on to. Um, I'm right now going through Father St- Stephen D. Young's uh podcast here's the whole council of god on ancient faith hmm. and it is man transforming the way i looked at the scriptures you know still kind of that evangelical recovery i have from being a kid yeah. um, well no that, that's good though i mean you, you have to find that that way to kind of um you know take what you learned in the past and, and and just make sense of it and then not necessarily wipe the slate slate clean because it's it helps make you who you are today yeah and make sense of it in light of the faith but you gotta keep that open mind and you guys sometimes you know deprogrammed from those things that are beating your head as a, as a kid. Um, and that, that's the big thing is just keep an open mind to all things. So God can bring you new opportunities and new ways to show his love or grow closer to him. Amen. Nate, if you wanted folks to reach out to you and connect with you, where can we do that? Uh, you can shoot me an email at ngin29, that's N-G-I-N-N-2-9 at gmail.com. Or you can search for Nathaniel again on Facebook. Uh, it's spelled like it is in the Bible, not I E L at the end. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I I wrote you down with the I, and then I'm like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, my mom liked the Jewish spelling, uh, so hey. never get spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I get Dombrowski a lot, which actually is a Polish last name, and there was gotcha. a, there was a famous um, 
I think he was a GM of one of the ba- major league baseball teams, Dave Dombrowski. So I always get that mixed up. I'm like, great. So mm. <laughs> I understand how it goes. Just like my last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. That's right. Um, well, a toast to your last name, but said the right way. Uh, thanks so much, Nate, for joining me today. This has been a pleasure and we, you know, we wish you the best and God bless you. My pleasure. Uh, Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Take care. Amen. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.